like a moment from a horror movie. You have been hanging out in the wrong clubs, Mr. Wayne. I've seen this movie. Smoke and mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. Join the club. We've got jackets. And you stole it from a movie. We want you in our club, kid. Hey everybody, welcome to Burke Reviews Movie Club. I'm John Burke, and with me as always, Corey Starr. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Cut. You muted your <laughs> mic, Corey. I'm sorry, I said hello, hello. I was, I'm also eating a snack. Hi, everyone. Ah. So, six years into this show, and she needs the mic Dang. during her, her always. trademark opening. But nevertheless, um, That's we are also here this week. That, that is. my mic. Um. We are in year six of Movie Club, and the end of the ah. first month of 2022, our last episode of the Best Picture theme, and Corey selected a movie I've seen several times and have taught, A Beautiful Mind, the 2002 Oscar winner, but the film itself came out in 2001. We will get into all of the stats of A Beautiful Mind and our uh, review of it in a little bit, but before we do that, we like to catch up with how things have been and what we've been watching since the last time we recorded. Corey... How you doing? I'm good. I'm, you know, we usually record on Friday. So as per, you know, usual. So excited. It's the weekend. I, I am too, except I really wish it was a three day weekend. And, um, it's going to be real cold here in Florida for, for Florida. <laughs> uh, you know, it's a, the speculation is it'll hit below 30, but we'll see if that actually holds up. But, um, it is supposed to be quite cold in the morning. Um, I, I like cold, but there is a, a point where it's too cold, and I think we might get there this weekend, so see well, how that goes. Just so humid there, too, that it actually, it, like, feels like a bite sometimes. My, I think it was Monday, we had it really cold again, where we had a frost warning, and I, I had to wait in my truck uh, for, like, 10 minutes to get the windshield to thaw, because um, there was actual ice on it, mm. and... It doesn't help that, I don't know, maybe four months ago, I noticed my, my uh, air conditioning unit in my truck, um, it has, like, you know, different modes. Like, it blows through the main vent. You can have it go to your feet. You can put it towards your windshield, right? Uh, that knob doesn't work. Um, like, no. it turns, but it won't. So, it only, luckily, it only blows in the main vents. And it, it, I guess I'm glad it didn't get stuck, like, on my feet or something. But I can't direct it to the windshield right now. Um, so like, I really, but it's a truck and it's not an extended cap. So like the, it warms up relatively quickly or cools down relatively quickly because it's a small space, but, uh, ice made it of course take much longer than it should have. So I was like really having to sit there. I'm like, man, I might have to like go get the hairdryer kind of thing. Cause I, we don't have like ice scrapers cause we don't get ice that often on your windshield. You know? Um, do they even sell them there? I can send you one. An ice scraper. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think we would probably just buy like a paint scraper is, is okay, the same fair. thing. I mean, I don't know if it, it might be, that might be bad for your wish. I have no idea. Um, again, not something we have to deal with quite often, but it was, it was a, a thing this week, but this week's been kind of crazy no matter what. Like today um, I had, I got a craving. I really wanted to have Chinese food for dinner. Mm. And um, I also am on like the free trial of the Uber eats where you like, you don't have to pay the delivery fee for a month or whatever. Um, so I've been like once a week, I've been, at, I've been ordering delivery, usually Fridays, um, you know, getting something that's a little farther away from us. And, uh, we haven't had Chinese food in months. Like, I don't remember the last time I got Chinese food and I was like, I really wanted egg foo young today. Like I was like, I, I must have egg foo young. 
and I can I can technically I've made it once and I I can do a pretty good job with it, but you know everyone likes different stuff, so like it, it would require me making much food, right? To like have mm-hmm. quote unquote Chinese food, so I'm I'm gonna order Chinese food. I there's there's a great Chinese food place like less than half a mile from us, or maybe uh, it's, it's more than that. It's like a mile and a half or whatever from us, right? That we go mm-hmm. to all the time. That's where I think I'm ordering on Uber Eats. I did not order from that place even because I can never remember the name of it. Um, and I always think it's this one when it's a different one or whatever. So I order the food at like six o'clock. I wanted oh, to no. order earlier, but I couldn't get any info. Like I couldn't get a response from Kathy. So I wasn't sure that she was cool with Chinese. Food. So I order at six. I'm already like, it's Friday night. It's going to take forever. And it's like, it's, it says an hour. I'm like, okay, I can, an hour is reasonable with delivery and stuff. That's cool. So six o'clock, seven o'clock's coming around and it's like food is not ready yet. It's something they're taking too long or some crap. And I'm like, oh my God, this is going to be a nightmare. So I realized uh, that, you know, um, the guy's there, but like they're not ready with the food. So I'm like, it's Friday night. It's fine. Half an hour goes by, still hasn't left the, the, uh, the restaurant. And I'm like, oh man, what have I done? And it, like right as I'm looking at it, like seven thirty, it says, "Okay, food's ready, on his way. It'll be there in half an hour." I'm like, "Half an hour? It's 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 down the road." Turns out it's in Haines City. I oh, ordered no. food from Haines City, and not worse. And I I did not realize this about Uber Eats versus like DoorDash and Grubhub. They can do much like Uber. Uber has like the the carpool option. You know where you like uh-huh. you get yeah. They do that with stops on food. So I am the second stop. <sighs> And I'm like, Your food oh, get hot, cold or hot. You know what? It's not supposed to be right, especially because like with p- pizza, they have the bag that's supposed to help keep the pizza hot, which only works a little bit, mind you. But they at least have that. I am uh, fairly confident no Uber Eats or DoorDash or Grubhub person who's just a dude in a car or a woman in a car has anything to keep your food fresh. That said, the food showed up at eight o'clock. Um like two hours longer, like an hour longer than I was initially thinking. And worse, it was two hours. However, it was still good. It was mostly hot. I had to warm up my egg foo young a little bit, which wasn't the worst, but that's of all the food that was ordered. That's like the one thing I would think you prefer to have fresh, but it was very good. I'm not disappointed with the restaurant. I am disappointed that I don't know how to remember a name of a restaurant that I've eaten at so many times, but it's one of those things. Cause I know where it is. I don't really know the name. I just know. Yeah where it is and i have the number in my phone i could have looked at it i should have been more cautious about what i ordered from because this is the second time i've ordered something it was like surprised at where it was from um but yeah it was still good but it was it was a trying night because i was really hungry and i'm like oh man this was a mistake i should have just made something like because it's gonna (laughs) be so long um but again it ended up being fine um and it was it was very good food so good job restaurant and Uber driver, very nice. Uh, I just wish, I wish I'd realized that you could end up being the second stop because, like, that's a lot. Um, but yeah, uh, that was it. How uh, you're happy it's the weekend? Did you have a tough week, good week, mediocre week? I don't really even know anymore. I don't know. I just, I feel like they go by so so slow, and then I'm like, oh my god, it's Friday. I always feel like I have too much to do and not enough time which is probably every single person in the you know the world but yeah you know it's fine how about you uh well we're we're in the 
the state where they're trying to ban everything um, and like make education really complex and complicated. So that's been a bit of a stress. Um, you know, I don't really like censorship uh, of books and movies and they yeah. our our local county is uh, currently has 16 books um, <sighs> that they're not officially banned yet, but they're looking into evaluating. And the claim is that they have pornographic material in them. Oh my Lord. Um, but all 16 of them are either LBGTQ plus related and, or a minority based author um, or at least a minority based character. And, um, tons of books that are not those things uh, have not been listed as pornographic. So um, again, uh, not like they're, they're removing them from school libraries and uh, thus of course, and you couldn't teach the books either if you're not going to have them in the library. Um, but yeah, those things are frustrating. Cause it's like, um, I, I am, I understand. I don't know that. I don't know that you would want a kid inherently to maybe read some of the content alone without like having a conversation or whatever. But I also think like if we facilitate um, a healthy community where a person can ask questions and not be judged or not be condemned for pondering such things, um, that maybe they can read it and it'll be okay. I don't know. Um, that's been one of the books on the list is 13 reasons why, which I had already been into a debate several years ago when the series dropped on Netflix and that book became very relevant all of a sudden. Um, because there was the fear that suicide would become a copycat, mm. which is, I believe there is statistics to back the claim that once suicide uh, ideation is a, is kind of brought into the forefront, there is a tendency for it to increase. And like copycat's not the right phrasing. It's been a while since I've had to have this debate, so I don't quite remember all the terminology, but I was very steeped in it during the, uh, the initial season of 13 Reasons Why. And that book is yet again on this list um, to be banned. It was already, they already technically tried to ban it back then, but it failed. Thank goodness. But now it's like, Oh, I guess it's time to try again. Um, I just want to remind people that, you know, book burnings, uh, bannings. I know those are not inherently the same thing, but they have the same uh, philosophy. I think at the, the, the be all end all is this idea that you can't have this particular information. It's not acceptable for you to have this. Is is never a good thing that well, removal of information. I also feel like you're making the assumption that people can't take that knowledge and like take it for what it is. Just yeah. because we watch violent movies or I love horror movies, I am not violent. You know, you think that people can't like. You don't trust their judgment, I guess. Well, and I think you could make... I always like to point out, too, is, like, there are a lot of horror movies made all the time, and you would maybe think that if you saw the content of a horror movie that, oh, the person who made this must be a horrible killer. But there's not many... To my knowledge, I don't know any off the top of my head, but I'm sure somewhere there's been some, like, horror filmmaker who actually was, like, a killer or something... But most horror filmmakers are just normal people going about their lives. You would never know made that horrific thing you saw. Um, and that like that assumption that because like usually if you're making a horror movie or writing a song where you like say some messed up stuff, that's your outlet. That's how you're dealing with whatever you're dealing with, not doing the horrible thing. You know, you're doing and this to express those thoughts rather than doing something bad. But it's obviously I can't 
prove that in a way that's like yeah. concrete. But I mean, statistically, I think if everyone who made a horror movie was a killer, or there'd be a lot them. more murderers. Yeah, and then yes, if you go that next step, if everyone who watched one, yeah, and that's yeah. not what's happening. Um, you know, for for myself. Uh, who I play violent video games. I play like, I mean, violent might be strong for some of them. Like Halo doesn't, Halo is very like fictional based violence, but it's a game where your whole premise is to shoot the other people. I've never fired a real gun, but I sure do like a lot of action movies that have guns in them. Uh, The Matrix being one of my favorites. Um, You know, the point is there's a lot of fiction out there, guys. We're not all becoming it. And again, awareness of things that exist is not inherently wrong um i you know again i i don't know for sure like what age group should read what or see things i know that you and i on this show have talked about it for for years um we've seen some messed up movies very very young and while i don't know that we are quote-unquote functional human beings we sure aren't completely dysfunctional you know like like I'm going to stop you there because okay. I know a lot of people and I feel like you and I are very well adjusted. Oh, I, I, I want to say there's a level of me that doesn't like to say such bold statements. Um, <laughs> I do. I'm coming right in. All right. Like, but I Miley feel Spires. that way. I do feel that way, but sometimes I'm afraid that maybe that's a false, you know, like, eh, maybe <laughs> you think that, but either way, point being, yeah, I, I think, you know, we've, we've, I've been watching rated R movies since I was like five and (laughs) I feel like I function well enough. Again, I guess there's definitely some people who would say that I'm, I am broken and that's why I want these things because I'm messed up. That's the, that's the twist. That's what I'm getting at is like, it's so hard to know for sure what is supposed to be the norm at this point. It just, you know, who knows? Anywho people, you know, that, I can honestly say, at least I actively try not to. Um, yeah. I actively try not to make the world a worse place. Um, which, real quick. Oh, one God. last curveball of a, of a conversation. So, <gasps> but. Um, not long ago, it became more uh, of an issue that we pick up our dog's poop when we walk them. Please um, pick so, up your dog's poop, guys. L- l- hold on. I'm going to make a, a point for this. Um. So, like, in our community on the main road, they've added, like, little, like, trash cans and, like, <laughs> doggy bag, like, pick up the the poop bags, right, um, for yeah. us, which is a cool thing to, to have. It's, I mean, we pay a lot of money for the stupid land we'll never own, so I'm kind of grateful that they're giving us anything. But I was picking up the poop yesterday, uh, and sometimes Lady especially, she'll, like, poop three times, like, on one walk. So I end up with, like, three bags of poop in between the trash cans or whatever. I'm thinking poop is biodegradable. Poop will go away, especially if it's on grass. Like it will break down and it will nourish the plants and all of that. But plastic isn't, right? Like wasn't there a big push recently about the amount of plastic that we use? And so I'm thinking this seems weird because if I just left the poop in a few days, it'll be gone. But now I've put it in a bag. And then into a can that some dude's job is to come and empty the can. And I wonder at the landfill how many bags of biodegradable poop there is. And those bags aren't going to break down. So, like, it's kind of weird when you think about it like that. You know, like, we're putting things that would naturally go away into something that does not go away. 
see what you're saying there. I don't really know. I feel like we have some really smart scientists and I feel like, I feel like there has to be some kind of I, more accessible biodegradable fat. You know what I mean? Like, why do we have so much single use plastic? Yeah. And I have no idea for, I have not done any Googling not to see if those bags are biodegradable. I do not think they are. They feel like plastic. And I'm pretty sure they are. I'm just saying, like, there's a chance maybe they're they are, and I'm wrong. But I don't think so. And more, I'm pretty sure the scientists aren't the ones who made it start picking up the poop. Like that was you know. no. I'm just saying, so, like, oh yeah, I, no. I'm just saying, like, it, they're probably like, hey, maybe this. You know, we're trying to save the planet, and like, we had a whole thing about plastic. Like, there are cities where you don't get bags. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, you like San Francisco, you don't. You have to pay, but even they don't even offer like plastic bags. Um, like you just, they have like paper bags, which are, I guess are less damaging. Um, or they have like the reusable bags, like Aldi does anyways, where you, you know, you can, they're like heavy duty plastic that you're going to use multiple times. I want an so, Aldi. Oh, do you not have Aldi there? No, I have two Trader Joe's within like a 10 or 15 mile radius of me, but no, no Aldi. See, we don't have Trader Joe's. Um, like I do in love Trader Joe's. This county, we have to go to like the Orlando or Tampa, which I'm not going to Orlando or Tampa to grocery shop. That's really far. But um, anywho, we've we've gone long enough about non movie related topics, but you know sometimes that's what's happened. Um, I've been watching just a few things this week. Um, I'll go first if that's okay. So Sundance was virtual this year um, again. So I've I've seen a few. I've seen three movies so far. And I'm actually going to see one more tomorrow. Um, I saw the newest Riley Stearns movie called Duel. Like Duel a whole lot. I am I've become a big fan of Riley Stearns. Um, I had not seen his first film, which is called Faults. And I also learned that I guess he was married to Mary Elizabeth Winstead uh, at that time, and so she's the lead. And she was in a lot of his shorts that got him going. Um, he did The Art of Self Defense a couple of years ago. Uh, with Jesse Eisenberg and Imogen Poots. Um, I really like that movie. And then Duel is his newest feature with uh, Karen Gillan and Aaron Paul. I uh, like this movie a lot. Um, don't know if everyone will. It's got, He's got a weird style, but it really, really works for me. And also for Big Tuna, who had recommended this film to me. Uh, but I watched Faults on Sunday, which is on uh, Paramount+. Plus. So it was the first thing I've seen on Paramount+, Plus in like seven months, because there's really nothing on there for me. I'm kind of regretting having paid for a whole year, but I only got a month left. Um, I finally watched uh, Mike Mills' Beginners, which was a film you've been re- recommending for a while. Um, he also directed 20th Century Women and uh, really this like year's that. Come On, Come On. I didn't realize he directed Come On, Come On, the new oh. Joaquin Phoenix movie. Um I have found that I like his movies, but there's always something slightly not clicking for me to make me love his movies. Like I really like beginners. I don't think I love beginners. And I like, come on, love come it. on. Um, and, but I didn't love come on, come on. And I'm not, I can't quite put my finger on what's keeping me from like completely like loving it. Well, you asked me, did I cry? And I was like, no. And I'm such a sap. No, but see, I cry at a lot of stuff, and I this the subject matter of this movie probably should have made me. And I, it's not that I didn't get; I had emotional feelings, but it never quite hit that peak. And I I think that's true of all three of the films of his that I've seen. So I don't know. There's just something with what he's doing that isn't quite pushing it over to the top for me to like really make me love it. I'm always like, wow, that's really good, but it's always missing just a little something. Um, I saw this very traumatizing, but I think important film called happening. It's a French film 
uh, set in 1960s France, which I did not know this, but abortion was like super illegal in 1960s France, where like even inquiring about it could put a person in jail. And it, it is a traumatizing movie, but man, it, it opened my eyes to things that I didn't know anything about. And also, um, like a few movies have, like never, rarely, sometimes, always makes you uh, ponder what it would be like if you were a woman having to make the tough decision about an abortion or not. And um, given the circumstances of the world we currently find ourselves in, it's uh. something I think a lot of people should have to think about and have to sit with who maybe would normally not have that opportunity. So I think the movie is very powerful, um, very traumatizing, like uh, not exaggerating. I was like, I was looking at my ceiling through like three different scenes in this movie. Cause I was not able to, I was afraid of what might be on screen. Um, but also I, I have dubbed this movie anti ASMR. Um, oh. because some of the sounds were, were, were bothersome. But again, I think, bothersome with a very important purpose but still traumatizing uh then i watched a documentary that i knew very little about uh sean also recommended this um this is also from sundance it's called my old school that is a uh it's a hybrid animation documentary something we're seeing a lot more of lately um and it's cool Corey, because the animation style it looks so much like daria um it's very very cool like 90s like that style animation and I was enjoying that part of it. I also thought the documentary is very compelling. It's in a similar vein of like uh, three identical strangers or tickled <clears throat> where like, you don't quite know what you're getting into. And as it unfolds, you're just like more and more like shock kind of unveils. Uh, so I, I'd say if you're interested, don't look up anything about it. Just check out my old school. If you don't mind some documentary type stuff again, with some cool hybrid animation, and then uh, because Blank Check Podcast is covering Jane Campion, um, I'm watching through her filmography so I can listen to the show. And uh, this episode that's coming out this weekend uh, is on the movie The Piano um, from 1993, which is a film I've been meaning to watch for a while. Uh, the Criterion just released the Criterion Blu-ray for it. So I, I had pre-ordered that um, and it came in on Monday. So I watched it on Wednesday. Corey, have you seen The Piano? No. So it's Holly Hunter, Sam Neill, and uh, um, Harvey Keitel, and also super young Anna Paquin, like eight-year-old Anna Paquin. Oh, okay. That's right. Didn't she win something? She wins this? best. Uh, I think she's like one of the youngest actresses to win the, the best supporting actress. Um, holy cow, though. This movie, I, th I really wasn't sure because I've seen now four... I saw three of Jane Campion's first films and then I saw her newest film power of the dog. So this is the fifth James Campion film that I've seen. And I, I love, I actually really like power of the dog. I thought her, the first three films I've, I've been into, but haven't loved. So I wasn't sure if I was going to be into the piano. I was so into the piano at one point. I was so invested with what was happening. You would have thought I was watching like a horror movie. Cause I was like, no, 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 what don't do that. Don't, you know, I was like, talking to my tv it's so good also i i really like harvey Keitel. um i've but i've only seen him in tarantino movies or scorsese movies he's always a criminal right like he's the main guy in reservoir dogs he is the cleaner um in uh pulp fiction um he is in a, like three of scorsese's early movies uh that i watched um last year when i was getting through his like earlier stuff and including um we I, oh, I can't think of which one it is with him and De Niro, but 
I, I like Kaitel a lot. Oh, and then he's also in, uh, he's miscast in the uh, Last Temptation of Christ, but he's in that. Um, but I hadn't seen him act in the way he gets to act in this movie ever, and I wasn't sure he could pull it off, and he nails it in this movie where you're like, okay, wow, I didn't know he had like a sensitive side. And um, But in Holly Hunter, barely speaks in this movie. Like That's part of the premise is the, like her character is like self-imposed mute since she was six years old. So the only time you hear her voice is in uh, a voiceover and she's tremendous. Like I, I was already a fan of Holly Hunter anyways. Um, you know, she's in like big sick and I, I love her in broadcast news and at raising Arizona um, home for the holidays. One of your favorite uh, Thanksgiving movies. She's always really great. Solid one. You're right. But I mean, it's still like it's, do we need more? That movie's perfect. Yeah. So like, um, <laughs> You know, uh, she's one of my favorite actresses at this point, and I, I had not seen this movie, and now I'm just like, well, yeah, of course she's amazing. She's so good anyways, but I, this was a movie that I, I kind of went in real apprehensive. I'm like, man, I don't know, and now I'm like, why haven't I seen this? Like, this movie is so good. Um, we, I actually asked my students today, uh, they had four options for their do now, and it was pick one of the four options and do a top five list. You know, old school, Birkenfield, doing top five list. And uh, one of the options was top five romances. And when I make, I, I sometimes will make a list to just in case they go, what's yours? I'll have like something ready to answer. Mm-hmm. And I, I instantly put the piano on that list. Cause I'm like, yeah, that movie's easily one of my favorite romances. I was so invested in the romance in this movie, but then I have the big six. So two Holly Hunter movies right there. So good. I kind of cheated and I just put the before trilogy as like number three like i can't pick one of those like the it's, second it's, one's my favorite one me too i actually ended up saying that when i was talking to them because that one's like where the to me that's the real romance because the first one is like young like love at first sight nonsense it's and it, like, it doesn't go anywhere kind of obsession I yeah feel, right i feel like it's very sur- you know service yeah. yeah yes very physical attraction kind of thing where the second one is like well nine years ago i thought i loved you when we first met but now i'm ready to really get to know you and then, like, the last one's like, well, now we're just tired of each other, and we don't know if we really love each other. And it's like, we well, still love each sad. other, yeah. but we still want options. Sorry. Is that a spoiler? No, Sorry. I agree. Uh, but, so, I've watched those. Um, I did watch the most recent episode of Book of Boba Fett, which is the best episode of the season. Um, and I say that with some kind of weird trepidation, because it's the only one of the season that doesn't have Boba Fett in it. And that speaks volumes about the problem with that show um but then uh i then i've been watching peacemaker i don't know if i had seen any last week before we recorded but that's the uh james gunn directed written show based on the character peacemaker who was introduced in last year's the suicide squad that james gunn also directed and i'm having so much fun with this show i i watched the most recent episode right before recording i I, i'm like really loving the show i i like james gunn's sensibilities it's violent it's uh silly the music drops are so good um and he actually is really good at crafting like damaged characters that you you empathize and sympathize with their plight and um i mean you look at guardians and you see that same kind of thing you know he's really really good at crafting these um characters that are flawed yet you can't help but root for and hope that they can figure out how to get past their flaws and their trauma and their lives. I mean, even like way he crafts Harley Quinn versus how Harley had been presented in the other two movies. 
I think her that one has so much more going on. Um, and that's no no diss to Margot Robbie. I think Margot Robbie's played her well every time, but I feel like the character had always just been like superfluously used as, you know, oh yeah, she's crazy. And like I felt like in last year's The Suicide Squad, there was more to that character. Um and I so much to the other character. I thought all the other characters in the Suicide Squad were really awesome and dynamic. And then Peacemaker in this show um, is so complex. And like the 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 team itself too. It's not because it's not centered around Peacemaker is like the one character that is traditional like comic book superhero type thing. And everyone else is like Black Ops agents from um, I I don't know if it's Argus or whatever. I can't remember what division of the government uh run suicide squad but um it's yeah i've been really impressed with the show uh, if you don't mind a lot of cursing a lot of violence the violence is excessive and uh even a lot of sexuality like james gunn has been given kind of carte blanche because it's the hbo max series so it's like mm. he hasn't pulled back anything um so if you can get past all the excess i think it's a great show um if you if, it, if the excess will bother you then you're not going to you're not going to like it because it is excess. There's like so much stuff everywhere, but um, that's what I've been watching. What about you, Corey? I assume Saved by the Bell and maybe <laughs> yeah. uh, The Office or, or Parks and Rec I, again. Hey, I have not been watching The Office for a little while, okay? Okay. Um, I um, have my little list up. I So we have Apple TV. We both have the trials right now, right? Yep, yep, yep. Well, well I saw that they have that show Servant. I thought it was directed by M. Night Sh- Shyamalan. It's a uh, show ran by him. He directs, I think, two episodes a season, and okay. um, his daughter directs oh. some of it, or is the showrunner, something like that. Okay. Uh, um, I love Lauren Ambrose. Um, we all know her from Six Feet Under and also Can't Hardly Wait. Hello, thank you. Um, and this movie, this show is, like, wild. I don't even know how many episodes I'm on what episode i'm on i feel like the fifth or sixth or seventh but yeah that's crazy i'm enjoying it i'm waiting i'm waiting though you know um also true love true love called me in to watch the freaking avengers endgame bill just had to see it he hadn't seen it no we don't really watch the marvel movies we've seen some of them but yeah it was really funny because he's like I, I was reading in the bedroom and he's like, oh, Paul Rudd's in this one. Because I have a little crush on Paul Rudd. It gives me trouble sometimes. But um, So I come in there and then a little while later he's like, oh, so Paul Rudd couldn't even sit for you. So that's my review of that one. Um, that one's so good. I don't understand what you It's better than the last one, but still just... And I mean, I did still cry, guys. I did. So, um, yeah. And then I'm an idiot. <clears throat> and for the third time, I think the third time, at least this time it didn't like mess with our recording schedule, but I watched the wrong movie. Yeah. So I'm yeah. ready for Monday. I watched Carol. Yeah, that was funny when you sent me that too. I was like, why <laughs> so, why are you doing this? Like it's your week. <laughs> it's so I get so like discombobulated, guys. And even if I like I think that also the color on the spreadsheet like confused me a little bit, maybe. It did change because it. I have it set. Sorry, this is inside baseball spreadsheet talk. Um, I have the spreadsheet where it checks the the record date, and based on the record date, will color code so that the months sync up. 
and we are recording in January still, and that's what so it changed to match the other episodes, and so it, I can forgive that because the color did change, but that's because we moved the record date up so early that it just happened to like overlap. I'm just glad that I had started watching like a responsible person on Monday or Tuesday. True. And I said something. And, and you said something. Everything. Yeah. That would have been the worst if you had not said something. Because <laughs> no, you... we don't have any time. Because <laughs> I have not watched Carol yet. Like, I will have to create oh, Carol no. in this weekend. Um, I, I guess I'm watching it Sunday now that you mentioned that. But because uh, I, I have a Sundance movie tomorrow um, mm. that I'm very you excited know, about. I hope one day that we can have that. Because we talked about it before. Like, you coming to visit and then us going to Sundance. Oh, yeah. Because it's just like a you know a four or five hour drive away, so I hope that that happens one day. But I, I mean, we it, you know we can start planning. Uh, we that's the problem. We need to plan. Like we can start planning for next year maybe, and uh, you know see what happens. Um, I would love Word. to actually. I I don't know that Burke Reviews is going to have hit the pinnacle where we could actually get into as like press. Um, but of course we could just buy like a ticket package, which aren't too bad. I think uh two or three hundred. Mm. Problem is, if we had done that this year, it would have been canceled to virtual only. That's um, why I'm nervous about like all events, pretty much. Yeah, uh, yeah, we don't know what it'll look like a year from now. Um, who knows? But uh, next month we will be talking about Carol. But technically, we are we are talking about Carol in three days. So, um, I you know what? I'm I wasn't sure if I was going to do this or not. I'm going to go ahead Uh-oh. and be honest. Uh oh. After what this is, we're in year six. We've done this for five years. Um, I decided that uh, I did not need to watch the movie to do this episode, so I did not rewatch the beautiful. Oh movie. my gosh, what? Uh, I've seen this movie a lot. I've oh yeah, you teach movie. it. You um, teach it. So teach I'm it. like, I don't. I'm not gonna watch it. I'm just gonna. I can talk about it. I feel um, like you should have kept that to yourself. I thought about it, but I don't like no, lying. I and it, felt your like honesty. Li- it feels like lying. And um, I it. so, listener, just so you know, I have seen this movie. You normally, when Corey picks a movie I've seen, I still rewatch it for the show. But often those are movies I've seen like once. Um, I and I'm I'm kind of probably going to do that with Casablanca too because I teach that like every year. So I've I've so, watched Casablanca a lot. So the, I hope that my both of my movies fit our theme. I'm also this is our show and I'm doing what I want. So yeah, um, and this one definitely fits this theme uh, because it was the Best Picture winner. So let's yeah. let's get into that, shall we? Yes. Um, a Beautiful Mind came out in 2001. It's directed by Ron Howard. Um, this is again, like I said, I know this movie well enough where I'm not even really having to look up the stuff like I normally do because I know all of the big cast and everything. But it, I have it in front of me. Uh, it is written by Akiva Goldsman, who is not always regarded as a good writer. Um, mm. uh, but Ron Howard's a solid director. He's not an auteur. He's a really good journeyman. He's going to give you solid work. Every once in a while, he'll have a movie like this where it really like shines and people are buzzing and, and freaking out about it. Um, it has a 72 Metacritic score and 8.2 IMDb user score. The cast is pretty phenomenal. That we got Russell Crowe kind of at the peak of Russell Crowe. This is like he's going to do a lot of like Oscar-nominated performances in a row here. Um, Ed Harris, who, uh, if you're like me, when you see Ed Harris in something, you immediately go, "Oh, he's a bad guy, right?" Because that's what Ed Harris does, which is unfair. <sighs> he's played good guys many times, but for some reason. Most of my childhood, he's the bad guy in the movies. Like, he's in The Rock. He's the bad guy. He's in The Truman Show. He's the bad guy. Like, so for me, for a while, if I saw him in a movie, that was, like, my default. Um, this movie also has the awesome, amazing Jennifer Connelly. Uh, the, the, an actor who I, I 
oh yes for sure but christopher Plummer was an actor who i really didn't become aware of until way later in his career and now i'm like i've seen him in so many things that i didn't acknowledge that i knew him before i i feel like all the money in the world was the movie that like made me like super aware of him because of all of the like kevin spacey drama but i knew i knew him before that but that was the movie where i'm like oh Christopher Plummer, that guy. And now I'm just like, he's been in so many things I've seen and just didn't acknowledge that it was the same person. This is one of those movies where I'd seen this several times before. Like, oh, that's right. Beginners. He's the doctor. Um, but we get Paul Bettany, the Vision himself, Marvel superstar. Um, uh, interestingly enough, I don't know if you know this, Corey, but Paul Bettany and Jennifer Conley are married. Um, oh. And I don't know if this is right. where they met or whatnot, but uh, side Marvel note, Paul Bettany starts in the MCU as the voice of Tony Stark's Iron Man suit and uh, um, um, Jarvis. And then uh, when um, Tom Holland becomes Peter Parker and Spider-Man, the first Spider-Man movie, uh, Homecoming, the suit that Tony gives him has a AI in it. And the voice of the AI is Jennifer Conley. So cool little side note that the two, this married couple that their first appearances in the MCU were both as voices um, then we have some friends. We have Adam Goldberg, uh, Josh Lucas, Anthony Rapp, all worth noting. Uh, Judd Hirsch is in it at some point. He's a pretty big name. Um, those are your big stars in this movie as far as like major characters that are in the film quite a bit. Um, I, I didn't read the synopsis yet. After John Nash, a brilliant but asocial mathematician accepts secret work in cryptography, his life takes a turn for the nightmares. That is slightly misleading this is based on a true story there is actually a documentary about john nash as well um i've not seen it i actually do have it i just have not ever gotten to watching it um but i i saw this a few years ago uh burke reviews kind of spawned in like weird waves um i took over tv production as a teacher uh the second time actually the first time was like 2009 in middle school i didn't really i just learned how to do like the news um but when I took it over at the high school level, TV production initially is just doing like the daily announcements, like as a show. Um, but I wanted to, to become better at film. And so I started buying stuff and like trying to watch newer movies. And then my friend and editor at Burke reviews now, uh, David, who also bought a lot of movies, we decided we should start watching some of the movies that we had purchased and we started doing kind of what this is like we uh, one week I'd go to his house and we'd watch a movie. Then the next week he'd come to my house and watch a movie and beautiful mind was one of the first ones that we did. Um, so neither of us had seen it and it was a best picture winner. We had it. So we're like, yeah, we should finally watch this. And I watched it and I was kind of blown away by the story. I thought it was really cool. There's some awesome visual stuff in this movie. And so I brought it to my students. I'm like, well, I should teach this. This one of best picture. Uh, definitely worthy of, of being taught and my students were pretty blown away by the story and were into it and russell crowe's performance is really cool and for a lot of them this is not an action movie uh there's a couple of scenes that have an action vibe to them but overall this is a it's a drama and that wasn't a movie that they would have gone to on their own but were really um kind of excited with their experience with it especially when they found out it was based on a true story even again based on being the perfect phrasing there it is by no means an accurate portrayal of what john nash's life was like based on things i've read and such but it's still a very compelling story regardless of how accurate to some of the uh dramatization is but 
so I've seen it several times. I've taught it to multiple years throughout the, uh, I don't teach it every year, but I teach it frequently enough because it is well-made. Uh, you get some really good performances. It's captivating. Um, and again, I think Paul Bettany is often underrated. I, I tend to like him. I have fond memories of knowing uh, him as an actor early in his career. Like he's in the Da Vinci code and um, another Ron Howard movie. And he's also in uh, a Knight's tale with Heath Ledger, um, where he plays uh Chauncer. Basically he's like writing Cadbury, t- the Cad- Cadbury, t- whatever that book's called. Anywho, I've seen this a lot. I like this movie. I still like this movie. Um, we are going to ponder the question of does it deserve to be the best picture winner for the 2002? We'll get into that in a little bit, but Corey, this was your pick. I've rambled for a bit. I'd like to know what did you think of your first viewing of a beautiful mind? OMG. Um, I enjoyed it. Um, Oh, that always baffles me. Cause you always act surprised that I'm asking you to speak <laughs> no. on the show that Excuse we've been me. doing for five years. I'm but. just here to like, I'm just here for like, uh huh. Yeah. You know, like that should be my job. I also would like some sound bites. So I don't know who I need to talk to about that, but that's what I want. Um, so I, I, my problem is that I have a hard time articulating what I want to say or portray what I feel, I guess. Um, I did enjoy this movie. There was something uh, that I really, really, really liked about it that is still just like resonating with me. And I've been thinking about today because um, I think I finished the movie. I watched, I think I watched it last night Um or maybe it was the day before. I can't remember what is time. Um, but I felt like a little bit of it was pretty. I kind of, I kind of knew what was going on. I just didn't know t- how deep it ran. Um, so I liked it. I feel like he's kind of, you know, he he's not the nicest guy. So it's kind of hard to be like, oh man, I just I love this character. But as time goes on in the movie, I feel like it kind of gets under your skin. You do start to care about him. Um, And Jennifer Connelly is amazing. Just amazing. Not that I would expect anything less, but, you know, um, so I enjoyed it. I will say... um... I won't say what, but there is a, a moment in the movie that every time I've seen it, it always makes me really emotional. Um, I will wait to say it for spoilers, but uh, it, it's largely because of her, though. Like, it, it is. Um, but also, also, there's I have a criticism about that scene, too, but it still works for me. Um, nevertheless, oh. um, there is uh, the synopsis here does not give away an important detail. And I feel like it's OK to say because it is. I don't know. I guess the movie treats it as kind of a reveal, but it's a true story. So it's like... I didn't know about him, though. I didn't either, and that's why I'm hesitant to say anything. I, I'll hold off. We'll, we'll get into spoilers. Um, we watched this on Vudu, um, l- listeners, so you can rent or buy it. It is not currently streaming on any services for free, uh, but it, you can find it on on specials for under 10, usually. Um or at least frequently enough that if you haven't seen it, it's a way to go. And it's definitely worth checking out. Um, I, I like Russell Crowe. I am, uh, I even, I really, really like Shane Black's, uh, the nice guys with him and, and Ryan Gosling. Oh. Um, and that's one of my favorite Russell Crowe performances. Um, but I, I like him in other stuff. Uh, I haven't seen everything he's done. Um, 
for sure. He's done a lot. And uh, a lot of his early stuff from Australia, I have not seen. Like, I think Romper Stomper is his first movie, and I'm familiar with it, but I've never seen it. Um, but the, I like him in enough that I generally would say I'm a fan. Um, there's a few movies he's done that I'm not a fan of. I don't necessarily think that's his fault, although I don't think he's good in Les Mis. I think that's maybe even miscasting. Um, it, but I'm not a fan of that movie as a whole. That movie, mm. Yeah, and you're not a big musical fan. I am, that one was, though. That one was, like, exponentially terrible, though. See, that's how oh, I no. feel. Yeah, I ha- no, I'm sorry. I was thinking about the wrong movie, but I've seen, like, parts of that one. Here's what my problem with musicals is, is most people in them just don't sing well. So that's that's what I'm saying. Y'all can come at me, and I'll stop. That's, I think that's part of the problem. Oh, yeah, he's so good in L.A. Confidential. But, um... Lay Miz, I think he, I don't think he sings well, and I also it's don't one think. With Anne yeah, which I don't think she sings bad. I don't think Amanda Seyfried sings well in that movie, but I love her in mm. Mamma Mia. So I don't know what the deal is with that. I just her, she's got a lot of vibrato in that. There's um the only actress. I don't, sorry, folks. Uh, Lay Miz aside, but the, there's the brunette character in Lay Miz is uh, she's from the Broadway performances at the time. And she's the only one I thought sang really well. Um, I, I think I think Hugh Jackman sings really well, but I like Hugh Jackman a lot, almost always. So, um, and again, maybe I'm wrong. I watched it on a night where I really didn't want to watch it, so I kind of was like bitter about watching it because like Kathy had rented it and I felt obligated to watch it, and I was like totally not vibing with it. So it could have been if I watched it on a different night, I would have loved it. I have no desire to go back to it though, so I'm probably not gonna. But. That said, we are not here to talk late, Miz. We're here to finish our conversation about A Beautiful Mind. So, Corey, let's get into spoilers. Guys, from here on out, we're going to talk about this movie in great detail. You have been warned. Also, I just want to say this movie is old enough to drink. Wow. It's 21 years old. Yeah, that's wild. Okay. <clears throat> um. So, <sighs> sleepiness is getting the better of me. Uh, John Nash is... Part of the reveal element of the film is that he has schizophrenia. Um, so we don't know that for a large part. And that's one of the the criticisms about this film, though, is the depiction of the hallucinations supposedly is not how a schizophrenic would would experience those type of things. So it, it's kind of misleading. Um, I believe. If I if I've done some reading, I am by no means listener and expert on schizophrenia. I did reading about the movie and its criticisms when I was teaching it um, to give context to my students about the situation that this character found themselves in. And I believe it's the, if I'm remembering correctly, it's either the auditory elements or it's the visuals. I can't remember which one was like, this mm-hmm. would not be how they experienced it. But we, as the viewers don't realize we are also experiencing the hallucinations for most of the first part of the movie. Um, the biggest one being Charlie played by Paul Bettany, his roommate who does not exist. There is no roommate. He does not have a roommate named Charlie. See, that's where I didn't know how deep it ran, man. Like, cause then I was like, when it, it has been solidified, like we know for sure that that's what's going on. Cause I only knew that about Ed Harris. I was like, no one else ever sees this guy. And mm. It's just like when he first sees him, he's like, who's big brother when he's at the Pentagon and everyone's like, you know what? Um, and then like all the other, you know, instances that he sees him, I think I was like, okay, so this is like the fourth time that we've seen him. 
Um, but anyway, I didn't realize. And then I was like, it makes so much sense because he was so confused. He's like, I'm not supposed to have a roommate. Yeah. Like twice. He's like, what? And then I'm like, dude, he threw that thing desk out the window all by himself. <laughs> yeah. There's some stuff like that that probably doesn't. I guess you could debate. Did he actually throw a desk out the window? Like there's levels of like, we're not sure what actually happened versus what other he thinks happened. Reacted. I don't know. Well, that's we true. saw other people react. You know, that's the, Word. that's the, whenever Word. a movie reveals that it, it calls into question everything we've everything. seen because you don't know what was the hallucination. What was, or but, more, what was, what was there in the film to help sell the hallucination? Cause that's when you play it as a twist or a mm. reveal, like this movie does, you have to, trick the audience so that when the reveal happens they're shocked which is one of the reasons why this movie is so compelling to watch because you do feel duped um but in a in like a good way because you're it's not like they duped you you were experiencing what this character did and so if you don't question it you're just like wow how how troubling it would be to live like that where you can't tell who's real and who isn't and um I, I definitely think that's why my students were into it is that that reveal feels like an M night Shyamalan level twist. Right. Which is, I mean, to be fair to this movie, it's only two years after six cents. So like it would have been a quick turnaround to like mimic that, but it does have that kind of a vibe to it where you're like, when it becomes evident that he is hallucinating much of the major re- interactions that we've seen in the movie, it's pretty jarring. You're just like, what? Like that's nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, I it, like he's he's he is abrasive. Yeah. I, oh yeah, for sure. Like I kind of love some of that shade he throws though, because some people are just not being nice to him. Like I can't even remember in the beginning of the movie that character who, you know, oh, pretty much like you haven't published anything, so you know what are you doing here? Um, but he ends up becoming a really good friend at the end. And Josh Lucas, I think so. Um, yeah, he, like runs the school or something. Yeah, he's yeah, uh, he's lesser uh, Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, um, that's what I was like. Yeah, he he often has roles that you could tell if if it were a bigger role, McConaughey would have got. Um, he's I know him mostly from Sweet Home Alabama, which is one of my wife's favorite mm. movies. So I've seen him a lot. Um, he's in a lot of stuff. Though. Like he's not a bad actor. I actually think he's he's solid he's you know he's he's again he's not as good as mcconaughey but he's got that southern drawl he's kind of got the same look um not quite as like some other actors who look identical he just looks enough like mcconaughey you're like yeah this this uh, this is a less than but um that relationship at the end really he's good at playing that sly kind of like i know we used to not get along but i'm not such a jerk after all like you know what i mean like there's just this like welcoming quality he he's able to present because he's totally a, a jerk at the beginning of the movie in my opinion and then at the end i'm like i think he's grown he's a big person though because when um nash gets you know chosen i feel like it would be a frustrating place to be in to know that you've gone to all your classes you've done everything that you're supposed to do while you're in this school and then somebody just slides in at the end yeah not- trying to write off anybody's accomplishments it i have i have wrote nothing i've been published zero times i'm not even interested in being published but um (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, like he, I feel like he's the bigger person. Like he congratulates Nash when they think that when all their friends think that he's going to be a D bag. Um, but what I wanted to say that like really has sat with me about this movie is I love how much people love John. Mm. Like he's, I feel like in the movie, I don't know any, I haven't done any outside research. I didn't know of him before. I, you know, but he just, he has people that surround him that, you know, really look out for him and really love him and really trust him and try to help him do what's best for him. Mm-hmm. I I was really nervous when he, I feel like I'm talking a whole lot. Um, no. I was really nervous when they admitted him to the hospital and they were doing shock treatments. At first, I was afraid they were going to yep. do a lobotomy. Yep. Um, because those were, oh my God. Ugh. Quick and, um, and common for uh, schizophrenia back then. All kinds of things. Yeah. You know, yeah. all kinds of ailments. Um, I was really afraid of that. But, I mean, he, they put him on this medication. He's not, I was like, he's not going to be who he was. Um, and he wasn't seeing math like he did before or patterns or anything like that. And that's really heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. You know, um, he almost drowns their son. Because he starts seeing, I was like, he's going to stop taking his pills. But then we find out he's already stopped taking his pills. And a lot. And now he's seeing the roommate again, Charles. And then his wife finds out, and thank goodness she goes in the house just in the nick of time. The baby's in the bathtub. The water is covering most of his face. You know, and that part is scary because she asked him, are you going to hurt me? And he said he didn't know. And I was like, okay, so that would be my cue to leave. And she does. Or at least tries to. But she doesn't. Yeah, she tries to get him the help that he needs. And, you know, that that friend, Hanson, welcomes him to the college so he can be a part of something and he can have some sort of routine. Mm-hmm. Just that seeing part, like... When you see John start to be humbled, though, after being so arrogant as a younger man, um, is really... I don't know. It's it's so. It does so much. It makes me one like the character far more, um, because you see that he is vulnerable suddenly, um, but also like. You know, I I don't know. There's this part of him that he's driven to think he has to be great. Like you know what I mean? Like he's he's got this strive to be something more, and I don't know if that's what causes this i don't you know i'm not an expert so i don't fully understand if schizophrenia is caused or if it's like genetic and you have no choice it's going to happen or it's not going to happen um but it seems like you know that pressure that he's under maybe is maybe what is what breaks him um at least that's how the movie kind of paints it because he like has so much pressure on himself to be this like megastar and um and so when he gets older and he's he's dealing with the schizophrenia and he is he's humbled and, and Crow does such a good job with that, that transition. Cause you still see the intelligence. He still, he still seems like that part of John is there, but then there's this, like, I know people are afraid. I know people don't know how to deal with me and I don't fully know how to deal with me yet either, but I need something. And like when he asks for Hanson, you can tell it, it hurts him to a degree to, to ask, but the fact that he's able to do it is, it just shows so much growth. Yeah, I yeah, I think that some of the humor in this movie is so good too. Mm. Um, 
I love the part where we are introduced to Charles's niece. Yes. Mercy? Yes. And she's like, my uncle says that you're not very nice. So if you're mean, you're very smart, but you're not very nice. So if you're mean to me, I shouldn't pay you any mind. And I about died. And I was like, what? And then Charles like shows back up in his life. Yeah. I, I like moment. Paul Bettany. I think Paul Bettany has such command of comedic timing um, that every time he's in something, like I usually, he's not always funny, but like usually he's able to do comedy, even with serious stuff. Uh, I know you haven't watched all the Marvel movies, but he's Vision. Um, mm-hmm. And he's got, you know, like all that makeup and stuff on. But yet he just has this like, there's just this edge of comedy. It's why I loved WandaVision so much because he gets to really be comedic in that. And he's just so good. There's just such like witty charm that comes off of him that I, I love. Um, I mentioned uh, before the spoiler talk, there's a scene that makes me really choke up. And it's it's John Nash getting the, the award and, oh. uh, you know, giving all the credit to his wife. And I just love that connection that they have. But as much as that scene always makes me choke up and her reaction is so charming and great the old person makeup looks bad like they it 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 doesn't look it's not the worst aging makeup i've ever seen but it's it's a lot of prosthetics and it doesn't look like it's not like it looks like prosthetics and to be fair i mean they age them up a lot like this is pretty young russell crowe and jennifer conley um having to be like 65 or 70 year olds and they look rough in the makeup but at the same time fine but it is like it's like oh that's noticeably bad um but yeah uh i i really like that scene a lot it's i find it so charming and um again i'm at that point i'm already kind of on board with john but that's like the the final like yes i I, i'm a fan oh and then like when uh, another thing sorry what happened Mm, sorry i had a cough oh um when we find out you know, how far it goes, like, the mansion is... Sorry. Are you muting again? Yeah, oh. I'm coughing. Can you oh, cut man. this? Yeah, I can trim it out or something. Um, no worries. Uh, drink some water. I will talk for a second. Um, yes, please. Poor, poor Corey. So sick. Uh, um, I I also really like the friends in this. Uh, I'm, I often like Adam Goldberg when he's in stuff. And then Anthony Rapp plays bender is one of the other friends and um he's like one of those guys i've seen him in so many things but i also can never place where i know him from um his top build though is rent which i've not seen yet we're gonna be watching that later this year um days and confused which i've seen many times but i don't remember who he's tony i don't remember i kind of think i know who that is um and then this and adventures and babysitting he's daryl is daryl like one of the main kids i don't that's mind-boggling um He's in a bunch of stuff. He's on Star Trek Discovery right now, which is on Paramount Plus. Um, looking through his, uh, oh, he was in, he was the priest in Thirteen Reasons Why, but I don't know which season of that. It's only one episode. Um, yeah, I mean he's in stuff, and I I like him in this a lot. Oh, he's in Grind. I need to watch that. Um, oh, that's a short. Never mind. But uh, and then I mentioned I've seen Josh Lucas in a bunch of stuff. Um, Overall, I think this movie is really solid and entertaining. Um, but the big question, Corey, and I know you might have one thing you want to address before we do this, but I would like to talk about the other Best Picture nominees uh, the year that this movie wins. You up for that? Yes. Um, she's really having a coffin pit, I think. Um, so 
this is one of those challenging things where of the five nominees, because this is still early in the Oscars, so this is before they added the extra up to 10 Best Picture nominees, uh, which I think is like 2005 or something they do that. Um, so there's five nominees for Best Picture. A Beautiful Mind wins. Here are the other nominees, Corey. You ready for this? Yes. Moulin Rouge, the uh, Baz Luhrmann musical with Nicole Kidman and Ewan McGregor. Um, I've seen that recently within like the last two years and i i like that movie quite a bit um i think it, i I've, i'm actually quite the Boz lerman fan at this point so i'm very excited for his elvis movie that we're getting this year or we're supposed to be getting this year um but then uh i, I want to say the other two movies that i haven't seen before i say the other one that i have so i've never seen gosford park i actually cool. only vaguely <laughs> remember this uh, it's directed by Robert Altman, who's a director I have not seen much of his work. Um, it stars Maggie Smith, Michael Gambon, Chris uh, and Scott Thomas, people whose names I kind of know, but they're not like faces that pop to mind right away. Um, the premise doesn't sound super appealing to me, but it's in 1930s England, a group of pretentious, rich, and famous gather together for a weekend of relaxation at a hunting resort. But when a murder occurs, each of these interesting characters becomes a suspect. Okay, I take that back. That last part really sold me. I want to watch this now. Um, is it on something I, I have know? I was like, can we get to? it in? I don't want to buy this. Um, it is not on anything, and it is not cheap. So one day I will watch this movie. But um, so I haven't seen Gosford Park, so I don't really have an opinion of it. Um, it has media medium reviews on Letterbox, like a three point six, which is not not best picture level um thing then okay so that's one movie and then there's a movie called in the bedroom that i've never heard of um i don't recognize the poster um it has uh but it has sissy spacek um tom wilkinson nick stahl and marissa tomei those are the big four um and karen allen's in it who i like but she's not like super famous um Summertime of the Coast of Maine and the bedroom centers on the inner dynamics of a family in transition. Matt Fowler, a doctor, like it's a mouthy, uh, like synopsis here. So I'm not going to read all of it, but that, I've never heard of that movie. So um, it feels like if it should have won, we still hear about it. We haven't heard about it. So maybe it's like not supposed to win. But here's the, the kicker. It's 2002. Nominated for Best Picture, but does not win. The Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring. Now, in hindsight, we know that the third movie wins the Best Picture Award. But, even so, I think there's a lot of fans of that movie who would argue that it should have won Best Picture uh, for Fellowship of the Ring. And probably should have won for Return of the King and Two Towers, uh, not just one. Because... As much as I can't bring myself to rewatch the Lord of the Rings movies because I I don't find them compelling enough, uh. having seen them, um, I do. When I saw that movie as a, in the theater when it first came out, I was blown away by I that. Just movie. To say the same exact words, I was blown away. <clears throat> but I still I, have you rewatched it because I just I just can't. I've tried a couple times. And I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I don't want to sit through this again. I feel um, like maybe we have, and I do want to rewatch them, but it would have to be I, like I recently thing. bought the director's cut 
or whatever it's called, the extended cut, whatever. The, mm-hmm. They have a longer version of the movies that I already thought were too long. Um, but it's supposed to be the way to watch it. I have a lot of friends who just love these movies. And I, again, I have no dislike for them. I thought they were brilliant. I just have seen them and it's it's so long and there's so much walking. And I will freely admit, Kevin Smith may have soured them a little bit with the jokes and clerks too, because I find the jokes so funny um, about that. But I don't disagree. Like, I do think they, I thought there was a lot of walking the first time, but I still hadn't seen them. So I was like excited to see what, where the walking would lead. But now I know what happens and I'm content. Like I'm good. I do not need to sit through the walking again. Um, you know, I just have to say that you saying all that about the walking made me think of eyes wide shut. What? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of walking in that movie too. And too I, I'm not looking to rewatch that. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not that I'm not anti walking movies. I'm just saying sometimes I've seen enough of the movie that I don't need to rewatch it. But nevertheless, I still think looking at this list, of them, I've obviously watched this movie the most of the five. Um, Moulin Rouge, though, I think I'd have more fun rewatching at this mm. point because I really thought that was a lot of fun. I think the music's pretty great in that, and I love Ewan yeah. McGregor and Nicole Kidman. Um, but I, I, I think Lord of the Rings should have got Best Picture. Like, I don't think that's even arguable to me. Like, that's kind of crazy because even though we know that the next two are going to come out and also be great. And that by the third one, they will win an Oscar. That first movie was nuts. Like it was so impressive. And like everything that, 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 uh, uh, man, I'm going to forget his name all of a sudden. Um, Phil, it's Phil something. Oh my God. Uh, any other time would have that name. Peter Jackson. It came to me. Uh, it's not Phil. Peter Jackson did something amazing with the trilogy. I, I think the Oscars were wrong, not giving that. And again, partly they didn't give it because of the genre. That is often a thing. They almost always give it to a drama or a prestige film. Lord of the Rings is a fantasy movie and at, at real fantasy. I mean, there's elves, there's orcs, there's, you know, dwarves. Like granted again, I am aware that dwarves are a real thing, but in 2001, especially um, this was, a, a fantasy is D and I mean, Lord of the Rings inspired D and D. This is a D and D movie in every way. Um, that's definitely going to get voted away from by most. I would imagine a lot of the voters for the Oscars probably didn't even bother to sit through it because they're like, whatever, who wants to see some, you know, Tolkien nonsense, but then we come around. People. So I, I definitely think that was the wrong call. Again, I like a beautiful mind. No, no negative thing to really say about it, but you're telling me that it's uh, it deserves the Oscar over Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring. I don't think so. I'm going to 100% wholeheartedly agree with you. So there you have it. A person who isn't adamantly rewatching Lord of the Rings every year, like some people, I I do that more with Star Wars, and even that I'm starting to maybe not anymore. Um, well, it's like because you can't just watch one. You know, that's fair. It is a commitment to the trilogy. You know, that's how I feel about it, at least. I, I don't disagree with that. And and maybe like, and I don't know, happens. a lot does happen. Um, I do like so much of the movie, though. Like, I still have fond memories. That's the thing. It sounds like I'm, I'm like, I don't really like it. I like it. Fine. 
I just don't want to rewatch it because it is such a commitment. It is a long commitment. And to be fair, even more in the last five or six years, I hardly rewatch anything. I'm mostly always feeling the need to watch something new because there's so much I've never seen. Um, I make some exceptions. There are some things that I need that are comfort level, but like you said, it's not, it's, it's nine hours basically of a commitment. And usually I'm like, I'm willing to give like two, you know? Mm. So, um, that said, that's our review of a beautiful mind. Um, I still think it's kind of a must see film for me. Like it's, it is really good. And, um, it's very, very watchable and it is a compelling story, whether it's how accurate it gets all of it. I have no idea, but I still find it super compelling and intriguing to watch. Agreed. Well, there you have it, folks. Uh, that's the end of, um, best picture month. Uh, we are going to be coming back in February, 2022 with sad sacks. Uh, those are movies about, um, sad romances or romances that lead to sadness of some kind. Um, we're we're kind of going to be loose on the theme, but all of them will have some element of sadness. Uh, we will be watching Carol next, uh, our next episode. Then Brooklyn, a movie I've seen, but I've only seen once and I'm down to rewatch because that was my introduction to Saoirse Ronan, or at least that was when I became aware of her. Um, and I think uh, Domino Gleason's in it as well. Yes. Um, Atonement, which is Keira Knightley and a very young Saoirse Ronan. Um, I forgot about that. So that's, we got double Saoirse. Uh, and good thing I learned oh. how to say her name for this podcast many years ago. Oh, I can. Cause it's Saracen. Uh, Cause it's spelled weird too. That's why it's so it hard is. to say. Um, but then we're ending sad sacks with Corey, finally checking a major film off her list. Uh, <gasps> Casablanca, yes. um, which maybe should be on the theme that we are dedicated uh, to checking off our big gaps, but nevertheless, it fits here too. Uh, I struggled with this month guys, which it was your idea. I know it's your idea to do this. this one. I know. <laughs> See, this is why I don't help much. No kidding. Um, anywho, we'll, that's our theme for February. Um, in the meantime, if you uh, want to follow us on social media, you can find me at Burke Reviews and Corey. At Corey, our star two R's on the end. And we ask that you take just a minute, if you like the podcast, and give us the five-star rating on whatever podcast service you are using, especially Spotify that just added the rating system not that long ago. Um, it helps other listeners find the show. Um, and with that, we say keep watching movies. Hey, this is Matt from What I Watch Tonight. Come join me in the back row for movie discussion, retrospective episodes with guests, director focus shows, end of year rankings, start of the year predictions, and much, much more. There's more going on in the back row than you might think. This has been a Burke Reviews podcast. BurkeReviews.com.